had power to lay it down, and I had power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Never get tired of proclaiming that good news that we celebrate every Sunday. Every Sunday is a mini Easter, and we are on the fourth Sunday in the season of Easter, where we always hear from the 10th chapter of St. John. We hear about Jesus as the Good Shepherd. And we have a couple powerful metaphors before us today. Both, obviously, Jesus as the Good Shepherd, but also in our first reading we heard about a cornerstone, a foundation stone that the builders rejected, and so we have the stone and the shepherd before us today. Amazing metaphors. And the reason we have these metaphors is because of the Easter promise. The resurrection of Jesus confirms, solidifies that what Jesus said is true. And what we hear Peter preaching in our first reading is true, that Jesus is the cornerstone and the good shepherd. That all comes flooding in when we hear those great words about the resurrection of Jesus. So, remember, a metaphor is not an um, allegory. If we th want to think about Jesus as the shepherd... And then you guys being the sheep, we don't want to push the sheep thing too far. I mean, sheep aren't the brightest critters in the world. So, I mean, you know, this is, you know, we want to be careful about the allegory thing. But in general, we think about the, Jesus working in our lives as a good shepherd. And then Jesus working in our lives as a foundation. Having a solid foundation is essential in life. I want to show you a picture of the Millennium Tower in San Francisco. It's the largest um, residential living tower in San Francisco. Can you imagine having one of those condos looking out into San Francisco Bay Area? Amazing. Although back, it was built in 2003 or thereabouts, Millennium Tower, Back in 2008, I believe, on, on a September 8th, some people were awakened by some really loud popping sounds. And then there was discovered in a few of the windows that these windows that were meant to withstand hurricane force winds, one had cracked. And so all of a sudden, everybody's wondering what this is, what this is about. And more and more research went into it, and engineers got involved, and everybody. And it was determined, believe it or not, that that tower is sinking. One part of that tower has actually dropped like 18 inches. And it's no longer in plumb. Can you imagine living in one of those condos and all of a sudden learning that even though, yes, it's happening very, very slowly, 
the foundation of this huge skyscraper is not sound? Turns out, one of the children of our own congregation, who's become an engineer, is working for the company that's working to write that building, Evan Lund. I can't imagine what that would feel like. And so there's legal cases and settlements and all kinds of stuff are being worked and this company is involved and I don't know how it's going but they their job is to slowly start putting that skyscraper back on the actual foundation because it turns out as in some other building in San Francisco it isn't built on the bedrock having a foundation is really important. When we talk about Jesus being raised from the dead, and when Peter in one of his first sermons starts talking about Jesus as being raised from the dead, he calls Jesus the cornerstone that the builders rejected. Everybody else thought this foundation was no good, but this foundation is the foundation in life. Why do we need a foundation? Well, Life is pretty shaky. When you look at our human sin and our human frailty, things get pretty shaky. We should be not surprised that all of our institutions, all of our politics, and I'm not just talking about government, I'm talking about churches and, and, and organizations and groups, Given the turned inward, the curve, the messed up curve of humanity being turned inward, we should not be surprised that it's shaky stuff out there. Whether it be schools or, like I say, any institution, any gathering, wherever two or more are gathered, you've got politics. And because we're turned inward, we shouldn't be surprised that it's a struggle and it's shaky at times. When we look at our criminal justice system and other things, we shouldn't be surprised that, no, this is anything but perfect. When we look at our own personal lives, because of our sin and frailty, it's going to be shaky at times. All of that makes life shaky. So I don't know about you, but I want to have a solid foundation. If things are so shaky... <laughs> You need a solid foundation. Well, people are searching for all kinds of things as their foundation. That they have been sold and told will be a good foundation. I mean, you buy a new car, that's going to be your set, you know. You're going you're gonna to get the best grades of anybody in your class. You are set. That's going to be your foundation, you're going to be the best football player, or basketball player, or baseball player. That's going to be your foundation. You're going to be successful in whatever we think successful is. That's going to be your foundation. You're going to be able to do this or that. That's going to be your foundation in life. But I tell you what, when you run into death and disease, our human efforts, if, if you are your foundation... I don't know how that's going to work out. 
I know my own frailty, and I don't want to make, even when it comes to matters of faith, a lot of Christians talk about your decision and your faith, and, and that, that's all important, but, but that's not going to be my foundation for my faith, because I, I know my decision and my faithfulness and my having it together isn't so great all the time. I know that'd be a surprise to you. <laughs> hey, my family's supposed to say that, not you. <laughs> Hey, if you want to make your faithfulness your foundation, go for it. But, but be ready when it starts to sag. And so, hear the good news of Easter, that the foundation is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And you have, in the faith of your baptism, been firmly planted on that foundation. That's the, the way you go out and live in this world and you confront disease and diagnoses and scary things and, and injustice and hurt and all the struggles of human relations. You go out into this world and you get shaken about, but you, when you are in Christ, you have a foundation because when you mess up, you have the forgiveness as you repent. You have forgiveness and you can indeed forgive others on that foundation. I've seen this foundation at work, folks, all the time. Last Saturday, we got to have communion with K Kathy Glick. We didn't know how long she had left in her journey. We knew it was coming close, and with a few of her friends, it just turned out we were there, and we had communion um, around her bedside, and, and she could just say a little bit, and she said, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. And I was able to just share the good news that Jesus is with her, that she's clothed in the righteousness of Christ. She has nothing to fear. And I don't know if you've ever seen Kathy's smile, but she gave that beautiful smile. And she could rest knowing her life was coming to an end, but she was on a foundation that could stand up to death itself and bring peace. Oh, what a powerful metaphor that we get when we say, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. But we can't forget the shepherd. Why do we need a shepherd? What about this metaphor? Well, it really is rooted in the Old Testament. The shepherd in the Old Testament is the king of Israel. That was who was to be the shepherd. And the shepherd is supposed to take care of the sheep, the nation of Israel. But did the shepherds do that? <laughs> not very well. Most of the time, they totally blew it. Why? Because of that curve thing I was talking about, that turned inward curve. And most of the time, those shepherds used their power to exploit rather than to protect and build up. And there's a powerful um, passage in Ezekiel um, where God is speaking through the prophet Ezekiel, and this is a little bit of my paraphrase, but God basically says to the prophet, I'm tired of all these bad kings. I'm going to be their king. <laughs> and then Jesus comes along, and he says what? I am the good shepherd. Now, if you don't know, in Greek that's egoimi, if you go back behind the Greek, it's the Hebrew where Moses is 
charged with leading the people out of slavery in Egypt. And he says, God, tell me your name. These people are going to know, need to know your name. And what does God say? He says, I am. I am who I am. And Jesus stands before you and me today, risen from the dead, and says, I am the good shepherd. And what does the shepherd do for you and I? Lays down his life for us. Takes it back up again so that we have that foundation, we have the promise that his goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives. I love that in Psalm 23. And I've used this so many times, but I'll use it again. You know, when my kids were just, you know, toddlers, little, I always say that, you know, when you're a parent that age, you've got really good, you know, muscles in the lower part of your back. Because, you know, and, you know, you got to let them fall because they got to learn to walk, but you're there, you know. And when I think about that, I think about God's goodness and mercy following us all the days of our lives. Yeah, sometimes we fall, but the goodness and mercy is right there to pick us up. Sometimes that goodness and mercy keeps us from falling, keeps us from going to a spot we shouldn't go and doing something we shouldn't do. God's goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our life. That's the good shepherd. Why do we need that? Well, life scatters. The wolf comes and the wolf scatters. It's a dangerous world. It's a broken world. We get scattered. What are we scattered by? Well, today we're scattered by Facebook and you know, social media algorithms that are designed to drive us apart. If you didn't know that and you use social media, you should know that they're going to give you stuff to even push you further in whatever way you are going. And we are surprised that we're like this. You need to know that. Sin scatters us. The turned inward curve scatters us. The evil one wants to break us apart. Fracture Jesus' church. Injure the gospel by, by creating, having one person step on one person's toes, and then we don't forgive like Jesus said we're supposed to forgive, and one person does this and that. That's what the devil, the wolf, is about, scattering us. What's the hope? Stay close to the shepherd. Come to his meal. Receive the forgiveness of sins and be united as one body. Hear his word like you're doing right now. Sing, you know, whether it's from home or from here or wherever it is. Sing and praise and worship. Stay close to the shepherd because that shepherd will absolutely lay his life down for you. He did and he continues to do it. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be awesome to be able to live our lives and all the shakiness and all the scatteredness and know that we have a foundation and a shepherd. Wouldn't it be great? It is true because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.